This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, my name is Ron Resky. I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Resident Home. What I love about retail is that for that once uh, split second, we are changing somebody's life. And it's pretty exciting if you think about it that way. Uh, we're not curing cancer. We sell mattresses and furniture um, in our business at Resident. But for that one split second, uh, when our users are buying our products from us, we are really changing their lives. We're giving them a better night's sleep. We're redesigning their home. We're making them love coming home. It's pretty exciting. What if you could get everything you need for your home online from one company that has everything from bedding, linens, lighting, furniture, and more? But each category is actually its own brand managed by the umbrella company. It's all seamless and coordinated with the consumer getting the benefit of buying from multiple brands when those brands are all talking to one another. This isn't just a great consumer experience that can change your life. It's a fascinating retail concept in motion with Resident that makes the most out of the hardest part of retail, customer acquisition. If you can outpace and out-experience the competition by keeping all the needed brands under one umbrella, you've got a great chance of more sales with the customer once they've been acquired. What's more, like a hive mind, internal partners act as agencies and talk to one another in a coordinated way. With this model and the fact that the direct-to-consumer online furniture and home goods market is still wide open and ready to be conquered, the opportunity is massive. From New York City, you're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hi, my name is Rebecca Fitz from Warby Parker. I'm here with Chris Hansen. Hey, Rebecca. Hey. Today we have Ron Resky on the show from Resident, and we are going to talk about direct-to-consumer furniture. Hey, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great. So we're going to jump into the the deep end of the pool. Um, Why direct-to-consumer furniture and, and why now? Great, great question, Rebecca. Um, So direct-to-consumer is giving the consumers an opportunity to buy products at, um, call it in in an efficient way, Um, whether that be a better price, whether that be a better product at a better price, whether that be um, improved convenience. And as consumers right now, um, we're looking for better products at a better price. We're looking for something that just shows up at our house so we don't have to work that hard for it. Um, now, is, now is the perfect opportunity to do it because people are starting to feel a lot more comfortable buying products online. Um, when the direct-to-consumer, I guess, started a few, a few years ago, people felt pretty hesitant buying shoes online. Nowadays, people feel comfortable buying cars online at tens of thousands of dollars. And the furniture industry is ripe for, um, for direct-to-consumer. Less than 10% of furniture is actually sold online. And we believe that this, this category is going to grow uh, significantly over the years. 
So uh, was there a personal um, passion with furniture? Or was it really that you just saw an opening in the market? Yeah, we saw we saw a pretty big opening in the market. When we started um, in the space, we actually um, started in the mattress category specifically. And we realized that that was a pretty attractive market. The reason we really liked the mattress industry was we were looking for a space that had a lot of growth opportunity. Um, product market fit was already proven by a few other competitors that uh, seemed to be doing really well. And what we really liked about the category specifically was that it was a considered purchase. People were looking, um, people were not just coming into the mattress sites just to browse around and to see see what's new. They were really thinking about it. And we figured that we could build a better mousetrap for those customers, meaning we could really understand their whole funnel, um, their thought process, and really kind of give them a better offering. Also, we really like the mattress category and the furniture category for that matter, in that we can cover customer acquisition costs with first purchase. Um, whether we're selling a couch or a mattress or rugs for that matter, our customer acquisition costs are covered with first purchase and anything else we sell to that current customer is really just uh, gravy because um, the customer acquisition cost has already been covered with that first purchase. So uh, Ron, I'd love to get back to the customer acquisition cost piece because I love the economics of this uh, and talking about it. But for the uninitiated, Resident is a collection of, of various brands. Uh, you have a few mattress brands uh, and a few other furniture brands. Do you want to go through the brands and help us understand why you chose those specific sub-verticals of furniture other, other than mattress? So thanks, Chris. So as you mentioned, Resident is a house of direct-to-consumer brands in the home furnishing space. Our goal was really to create a one-stop shopping experience for the consumers to love coming home. Um, we currently own and operate multiple brands. We currently have four mattress brands, including Nectar, DreamCloud, Level, and Awara, whereby each brand addresses a different niche in the market. Nectar is a memory foam mattress. DreamCloud is a luxury hybrid. Level is a mattress intended to reduce uh, pressure and relieve pain. And Awara is a natural and organic mattress. So even in the mattress category, we're, addressed, we're addressing different niches in the market. Um, the, the strategy of the multiple brands really eliminates that one size fits all approach to sleep and comfort and really provides our consumers with, uh, different solutions. Uh, we also have a rugs brand called Wovenly and a flexible seating brand that sells couches and beanbags called Bundle. We have plans, plans to launch a few more brands and different consumer furnishing needs. And going back to the, um, what, what we're talking about, about the customer acquisition cost is for all these, all these categories, we really can acquire the customer um, at, at, a good, at a good customer acquisition cost and cover that customer acquisition cost with the first purchase. So is it a land and expand opportunity? Is, is it a land and expand by bringing a customer into one of the brands, say Nectar, uh, and then bringing them across to another brand like Wovenly? Is that the idea behind having that first purchase be where you recoup your customer acquisition costs and then, um, you know, upsell them, cross-sell them on, on other products and, and, and offerings that you have? Exactly. That's exactly the strategy that we're going after is that unlike the other direct-to-consumer companies that really focus on one brand, 
we realized that creating a house of brands that each serves a singular con consumer need, we'd be able to offer them additional products. So once we acquire a customer, whether it be a mattress or a couch or a rug, we can easily cross sell them um, additional products. And the interesting thing that we can do there is that we can actually offer them significant discounts because we don't have to spend um, more money to actually acquire that customer. And this will increase our lifetime value. And that's what we're going for with Resident. Um, I, of course, come from the, the physical side of the business. Um, I'm curious what you've learned from having physical stores for, for any of the brands. Yeah, so we are currently in 1,200 retail stores selling our products, uh, primarily the mattresses. And the reality of the situation is, is that people still feel a lot more comfortable buying products offline than they do online. They like to see the product. They like to feel the product. They like to touch it. And the offline experiences allowed us to not just go after that target market that only feels comfortable buying online. For mattresses, it's roughly 20%. And for furniture in general, it's less than 10%. So this has allowed us to go after a much larger market. We really feel that um, the customer is the channel and we should be wherever the customer is, whether it's online or offline. Is the plan with the, the physical stores, it's, it's going to be under a resident brand where a customer can come in, uh, shop the different, uh, the different brands of, of mattress uh, based on their need, whether it's DreamCloud or Awara, um, and, and then have, the, have Wovenly represented in the store? Or do you envision eventually having separate brands, separate physical locations um, for each of the brands under resident? So, so we feel we feel that um, having one resident store is is really the way to go here. Um, we think that we can build a very very attractive um, store and experience for the customer that makes them introduce them to all of our products. And like I said before, what we really need is for them to really buy one of the products. And once they buy one of the products, we know how to introduce them to the others as well. What do you look at as your competition? Is it is it the purples and the Caspers uh, and the mattress category? Or is it more of the West Elm crate and barrel? Or am I completely missing a category here of, of competition? Yeah, so we have a lot of competitors because we're in a lot of categories. So in the mattress category, a lot of our competitors are Casper and Purple and Lisa and some other great players in the space. And in the couches, we have Burrow and Article um, that are doing great things. Um, but really what we want to do is we want to be a brand where people know that they can buy multiple products and all the products are going to be great products at a great price. Um, also, we, we look at the online players as uh, friends because our goal at the end of the day is to make people feel more comfortable buying these types of products online. So we, we like it when, when the other online players are doing well because if we're all doing well, we're all educating the market that it actually does make sense to buy products online. So we're not at peak mattress bubble right now? I, I think I think we haven't even scratched the surface yet of the mattress <laughs> bubble. Um, we I'm sure you, you all see a lot of ads all the time, but the reality is is that still 80% of mattresses are sold offline. And uh, once we once we get to 40, 50, 60 percent, 
I think I think we'll be we'll be there. There's a lot of talk right now, also with stores about um, what the customer experiences and. Uh, lo- love to hear about what it is for for you all. Yeah, so we currently only have one um, one store that is a nectar store. That's our only dedicated store right now, and we are selling the rest of our products at retail stores uh, that we don't own, where we just have one 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 or two slots in the in the store. Um, so retail has to go through a, a type of shift right now in that people are looking for experiences, whether it be online or, or offline. And those experiences really have to be um, something something special. Um, people want to feel that they're making the right choice. And uh, I, think, I think there's a big opportunity in, in the offline retail space to, to create that experience. Great. And is it through education? Because uh, I imagine there's some of that with um, selling a mattress and then certainly the touch and feel of it. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, education is something that most people currently do right now in the online space. We research and we read and we uh, read some more and we look at reviews and we ask our friends on the different social channels. Um, and that really doesn't exist so much in the in the offline world, we usually have one store um, representative who tries to to educate us, and I think combining the two um, the two worlds together can create a really great experience. One of the things that we're thinking about in our resident stores is just really having educational um, experiences for the community, whether it's how to redesign your home or how to. Um, do DIY projects or how to just put accent pillows to really bring the room together, what kind of rugs you should be looking at, really just trying to educate the the customer on on how they should be making decisions. What are the plans for the physical locations for this year? Is it through 19 that you're looking at expanding and creating this um this footprint of stores for residents, or is it going to be something to 2020 and beyond? Yeah. So it's, I mean, we're looking uh, mostly at 2020 and beyond for, for the resident stores. So Ron, we'd love to hear more about the strategy of physical stores um, and kind of what the thinking is behind that just, um, you know, overall. And then, um, you know, as they open and, and you currently have one, so it's interesting to see what you learned. Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. good question. So our strategy really of opening up uh, more stores is that what we've seen is in the surrounding zip code of where we where we have a store, we have physical presence, the online conversion rate has gone up. People feel more comfortable buying um, products after they've seen them, they've touched them, they've felt them. And so one of our strategy is to really figure out where are these locations that we want to open up our physical stores, where can we build a great experience for the customer, um, and where can we really introduce a customer to resident and make sure that they know about all of our products, make sure that they feel comfortable buying one of our products. And that they know that resident stands for great products at a great price. Uh, coming up, we'll hear about the challenges and opportunities of working with uh, an umbrella brand with brands under it. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. 
and find prior episodes wherever the best podcasts are found. So, Ron, you have this complex issue, and I, I, it's actually intriguing to me. You have a brand in resident. You have the sub-brands underneath. I can imagine, as a retailer, the challenges of actually managing that. But I can also think about how interesting an opportunity that is for you. I'm curious to see how you have how the brands work with one another and I'm curious to see how the teams work with one another underneath the resident brand. Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great point. So it definitely makes things very interesting in our lives. Um, and the way we we manage the separate brands, everything under the resident uh, parent company, is that we have general managers for every single brand, and that general manager manages the entire PNL of that brand. And the rest of the business works in as an agency. So our product team um, has works as an agency and helps out with all the different brands. Our marketing team works as an agency and helps out with all the different brands. So does our operations and our uh, technology and our uh, branding and content team as well. And what this allows us to do is really to get... Um, learn lessons from every single brand. So if one brand does something really well on email, the other brands can obviously use that knowledge for their, uh, for their marketing as well. If one of the brand uh, sees a great insight from, I don't know, maybe our product description page or how to move users from one page to the other, then the other brands can obviously use that knowledge as well. And so it is. it does make uh, our lives significantly more interesting and more challenging, but we view this as a real um, advantage that we have in our business. I'm sure managing people is quite challenging. I, I know that you recently hired a chief people officer, and the reason why I know that is your new chief people officer is my wife. Um, so... Uh, I, I know from talking with uh, with my wife that you've uh, you have a geographically dispersed workforce, and I'm just curious to see how difficult that is to manage. I have people around the globe that I have to manage, but I'm sure across different brands and across um, different uh, geolocations that could be quite challenging. And by the way, I know I just sprung that on you, so I was I was intending to surprise you with with that knowledge. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, so yeah, so your, your wife was very busy this morning with, with other challenges, uh, in the business, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty exciting to, to be able to get, um, the best of what the world has to offer and not the best of what one specific city has to offer. And that's really how we built the business to begin with. We found the best talent in, um, in New York for a lot of our marketing and our digital product, our, our dev and technology team and our data team are based out of Tel Aviv and Israel. We have great growth marketers in based out of the UK. We have operations in the UK. Um, our customer success team is a work from home um, business and they um, are spread out throughout the United States. And uh, this team really is world class. Um, we really have been able to get the best of the best. Now, obviously, this creates a lot of challenges in terms of communication and 
Um, unfortunately, people can't just walk from one office to the next here because they live thousands of miles away, so they can't just uh, see each other. So this is where um, communication is really, really, really important. Um, we use Slack for internal messaging, and that has been both a blessing and a curse in that a lot of our uh, a lot of our people kind of have relied that on for all messaging. And what we've implemented is having um, daily or weekly calls where people just kind of get on the phone. And sometimes those calls last for an hour, an hour and a half, and sometimes they last for five minutes. But uh, the most important thing really is to is to just make sure that we're constantly communicating. And uh, that's that's one of the biggest challenges that we've been facing as a remote workforce. And how are you building um, culture and values um, when you're all remote? Yeah, so um, it's really important to reiterate over and over and over again what our what our values are and kind of what we want to be when we grow up. Um, we we have to remember we're still pretty early stage startup. We've been around for uh, under three years, and so we're still we're still in the beginning of of, of our adventure. Um, but it's really just kind of talking with uh, with the people and reiterating what it is that we believe in, what it what it is that we want to do, and uh, trying to communicate as often as possible. That's great. You are still very young. Um, do you ever get everybody together under one roof, or the majority of the people under one roof? Yeah. So so every once every quarter every. Um, six months, we try to get as many people uh, together. It's very difficult to get the entire team because everybody is, is so spread out. We have plans of doing that either um, later on this year, early in 2020, but um, of getting a whole, every, everybody together. But what we do do is have the different teams get together in our offices in New York um, at least once a quarter. And uh, it's I usually try to make it out there to meet the different people, meet the different teams. And uh, in general, I really like to just get to know people. So for me, it's always like a, a great place to be. So you don't have a retail background. I'm curious how resident and and starting from Nectar and then moving into DreamCloud, like how, how did that all come about? How did, what, what was the concept behind the the brands building them and how did you get involved how did you move over to the retail side yeah so uh my career i started my career i have a degree in mechanical engineering and that's pretty much where the engineering career ended um i went into finance i worked at citigroup and in their investment banking for a few years and then i tried uh, a startup which didn't go as well as, as we'd hoped for i went back into finance um and then I worked at a venture capital fund uh, directly before starting um, my career as a furniture salesman. And one of the investments that I made was in a company called Madison Reed. And the co-founder and COO is Eric Hutchinson, my current co-founder. And he has a, I mean, he previously started a, a business in the I call it uh, direct-to-consumer 1.0, and he saw the big opportunities there, and that's kind of how we made that decision that uh, we wanted to do something in the 
in the retail consumer space. Was Madison Reed the 1.0 or was it a different company that was? Madison there? Reed was was really the 1.0. They were in the early days when Warby Parker was just kind of getting started and uh, Dollar Shave Club was in early days. And Madison Reed uh, said, hey, we think there's a better better way to to shop for for hair color. And so out of that came the idea that there's a better way of shopping for furniture and uh, mattresses, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we were kind of looking at the different uh, industries and what what categories were were primarily offline and what, what we viewed as opportunities. And that's where we saw that furniture was still very, very underpenetrated. Um, I mean, if, if we take a look at all of uh, commerce in general, so travel is probably the highest online penetrated um and clothes and apparel is pretty high up there and furniture is probably the least um online penetrated category and we view that as a big opportunity to to build something big it's i mean the the furniture category is a 250 billion dollar industry and uh only about 10 percent is is sold online so we think there's a big, big opportunity there. So you have mattresses, uh, seating, wovenly would be textiles. I believe you have a linen brand that you're launching or have launched. What's what? What's the next category? Uh, so linens is uh, a category that we're in the process of launching. We have a great partner that we will uh, share in the next few months. Um, the next categories that we're looking at is outdoor furniture. We're looking at lighting. We're looking at um, children's uh, furniture. We're looking at artwork. There's a lot of categories uh, that that are super exciting to us. The lighting one excites me. It is so difficult to find lighting online. I don't know why they haven't figured that one out yet. Um, I'm going to come full circle here. So um, is your house entirely resident yeah so we we sleep on nectar mattresses oh that was my next question i didn't want to be too cheeky though everybody in our house we we prefer the nectar mattresses my wife and i and our two kids prefer the nectar mattresses um our guest room has a nectar mattress uh we have wovenly rugs spread throughout the house we have a bundle couch we have the bundle beanbag we have um, the new brands, couches. We are 100% resident. I'm sure. And I bet you're a guinea pig, too, for some of this new stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guinea pig, and we try everything. And um, when we, when we kind of don't have enough space in our house, we usually just donate it. Um, and I think a lot of people in our neighborhood <laughs> wonder what, it, what exactly is going on in this household. And why do they keep donating mattresses and couches and all sorts of random stuff? I wish we lived closer. So, Ron, do I get a Nectar or a Dream Cloud? How do I choose? Um, it's it's really kind of a – at the end of the day, it's, it's a choice, right? Um, everybody has their own preference. Um, I personally like the Nectar because it's a memory foam. It kind of adapts to your body. The Dream Cloud has the springs – it's a a spring mattress if that's what what uh, people prefer, slightly softer. Um, so it's really it's really a choice. Um, 
good news is is that you do have a 365 night trial to try it out and uh if you don't like it for whatever reason you can you can take it back and you can try the other one perfect so rebecca you got to go uh choose one get both <laughs> as sleep is hugely important I, you got to Try them all. Yeah, that's one of the things that we tell our customer, um, our customer success team is that it's super important for the customers to be very happy with the with the purchase. And for whatever reason, if they buy a nectar mattress and they don't find it comfortable, then we tell them that they should buy. We we recommend, hey, we'll give you a Dream Cloud. If you don't like the Dream Cloud, try the Awara. If you don't like the Awara, try a Level. May not be in that specific order. And if you're still not happy, we recommend the closest, I don't know, mattress firm store or Tempur-Pedic store, um, because at the end of the day, it's super important for our, for our customers to be happy and to sleep well. And once they, once they trust us, then they'll believe that uh, we have their best interest at heart and we, we're whatever our other products they should buy our other products uh, coming up we'll get personal with ron and learn a little bit about things outside of furniture hi i'm roseanne gold i'm a chef an author a food writer and the host of a new podcast called one woman kitchen so excited to be doing this because i'm interviewing the most fascinating women in the food world. And you don't even have to be interested in the food world or be part of it to enjoy these remarkable women's stories. It's diverse, it's international, it's intergenerational. What's most exciting to me is that the concept of one woman kitchen means something different for everyone. You can listen to One Woman Kitchen every week at onewomankitchenshow.com. And also where all the best podcasts can be found. Ron, a couple of personal questions. I felt like I got really personal with the uh, mattress question, frankly, but um, and what's in your house. But, um, you know, you do come from a different side of the business. I'd be interested in, um, you know, well, this is total random, but I've been dying to ask it. What interesting apps do you have on your phone? Um, so to be honest, I don't really have that many interesting apps. I mean, probably the most interesting apps, you'd probably have to ask my kids because they download all <laughs> sorts of games on the phone. And then every once in a while, I get these uh, notifications about uh, your NBA team is ready or <laughs> random things. Or I got minions making noises during meetings. Um pretty fascinating but uh i mean the apps that i usually use are really just the travel apps i travel all the time so united um is an app i use ubers yeah that's actually very telling in itself um that you know what you use and by the way i'm in the same category so ron one thing i'd love to know you travel a lot what's your favorite jet lag routine what is it that you do when you land at a new city, potentially far away from California or New York? Um, what's your routine? You're, you're asking the wrong guy the question because uh, this is actually fresh. I just came back from our Tel Aviv office um, on Sunday morning, two days ago, and I am still completely jet lagged. I still wake up at 3 a.m. 
and I'm answering emails. I'm talking to our UK team. I'm doing everything <laughs> you should not be doing when you're trying to get over the jet lag. No, I don't think there's a real answer here. We've asked a few people now. Um, there's definitely some hydration that needs to happen. Potentially caffeine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's an aspirin routine. I forgot workout. That was Green juice. <laughs> Uh, what city? What city do you go to the most often, um, and and would love to recommend to the audience to go to that they don't appreciate, perhaps don't appreciate? So I, I'm most often in New York because a vast majority of our team is there. But uh, I, my favorite city in the summer is Tel Aviv. For anybody who's not been there in the summer, Tel Aviv is is definitely a very very fun place to be. Our team was there um, a few weeks ago, and they all definitely had a good time based on the time that they went home after going out at night. Um, I would get texts from uh, some of our board members at 5 a.m. Oh, I'm just heading back to the hotel right now. Um, so even the responsible adults were having a great time there, staying up till really late. It's a great place right by the beach. It's pretty hot in the summer, but... Uh, with the air conditioning, it's doable. Yeah, Tel Aviv in the summer sounds very warm. I'll take that recommendation, though. Um, Ron, how can folks reach you uh, if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, feel free to email me at uh, ran at residenthome.com or take a look at my LinkedIn profile and reach out on LinkedIn, Ron Resky at LinkedIn. Um, I've actually found out that LinkedIn is a uh, really great tool. I, I'm not going to say I respond to 100% of inbound, but I respond to almost all of them. And um, I've, we've, I've made some really, really good connections, both personal and professional. And uh, some of the partners that we've been working with have been cold, uh, cold calls through LinkedIn. So I'm a big, big fan of that platform. I, I am too. And we were just talking about how powerful it's uh, gotten and, and kind of like a social media platform, but still professional. Um, we always ask every guest for um, a final thought. It can be a reflection of what we talked about, or it can actually just be a, a final thought. Yeah. I mean, f f final thought really is we're, we're really excited about the future of the business about resident. We think we, we've had, uh, Tremendous success up until now, but we really think we've we're just getting started. We're super excited about what the future holds, about what the opportunities are ahead of us, and we're just really looking for great people to kind of join us. Thanks so much for being on the show again. My name is Rebecca Fitz. Uh, I'm signing off along with my co-host Chris Hansen. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This has been Retail Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.